that was actually pretty pretty funny okay hi everyone we've arrived it's a sunday at 7 43 p.m that is the time on the east coast as we are starting this podcast tonight uh i'm glad to see everyone has joined us um do you Good see e- people i do oh you might want to get on meds or off meds i'm not sure which um so i remember that movie the sixth sense <laughs> are you seeing dead people i am oh boy here we go i am i am so i just want to let you know that there's things are not looking good y'all if y'all don't hear from jamar for a while he might have got abducted by aliens <laughs> How do you know the aliens aren't here right now? I didn't say they weren't here. <laughs> I said they took you. <laughs> <laughs> they might be here. <laughs> so good out. A- good afternoon. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Inside Jamari Fox the podcast. Thank you for joining me on this audio experience. I run the website InsideJamariFox.com, where I update it daily, where I talk about life, love, pop culture, and everything in between. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Karaoke. Hello. So let's go. With no guests this week. No guests. We had two weeks of guests. And two weeks of two plus hour podcasts. Oh Lord! Ugh. Well, you know what? We were giving good, good, juicy talk. We were. I enjoyed the talks. They were just long. Uh, they were pretty but long. The, and they were good. They were interesting. I listen. I always like to listen to the podcast after when you send it to me to to write out everything I need to write out. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, this is good shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then good I shit. don't like. So I've been like crazy busy, and so the last two weeks, and we've had guests and i haven't been able to like use that go through and i like listen while i'm editing and Mm -hmm. for the last couple of weeks i've just been like as we're talking i'm like writing down the times like we stopped at seven minutes at the end of segment one um and so i actually i haven't listened to what's been going on and so when i listen to them so i listen to them like with the rest of the world after they get published and i'm like i totally forgot we said that (laughs) right 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 Listen, we're a fucking hoot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> one of my um, one of my readers, uh, I'm trying to figure out if it was one of my faves, Cornelius, who said this, but they said that they like the fact that the podcast just sounds like, sometimes it sounds like a vent session, sometimes it's, it's like therapy, it just feels good. So don't change it so it starts sounding like a job. I love that comment because that's exactly um, how I wanted it to feel. And I remember when you first approached me about doing the podcast and I was like, yeah, it can be like a phone call and people can just listen to our talk every week. Right. And so I'm glad that that kind of feeling is coming across to people and people get that they're just like listening to like our random chit chat. Right, because I don't want it to ever sound like, okay, we're, we're going to do the podcast. Right. Oh, my God. Like, I, I always feel excited to do it. Like, it's an extension of my website, and it just feels good. And it, I just love it. I love it. 
So weekly recap. <sighs> what how was your week? My week was exhausting. Mm. Um we had opening night of my show was officially Friday, but we also had a preview on Thursday night where we had a paying audience on Thursday night, but all week long, every single day, we had rehearsal from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Sunday. And then every other night, we had a rehearsal that went from like 7 to 10. So I'm completely exhausted. Um, We just finished our last show of the weekend a couple of hours ago. And so I really have not slept much in Mm. two weeks because in if there are any theater people listening like they get it um many of us have t-shirts that say or like t-shirts and bags and whatever um that say i can't i have rehearsal um because that's a real thing in my life right now that i can't socialize with people and my girlfriend's group were going out to eat and i was like yeah i can't do that i would really love to go and have some shrimp and grits and stuff but i can't (laughs) i have rehearsal um so the last yeah this in that week, voice though in my head that's I mean, your tired I hate, voice that's no that's like I really hate to turn down food voice like I can't I have rehearsal like I'm, I'm oh I don't want to say no but I have to say no because it's food mm. oh and you know I love me some food um we do we do I do <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so this week I've just it's been like all show all the time. And I'm really excited about the show. It's actually, it's a good show. And I'm not by any means like a major character in it. Um, mm. But I have, I have a good part and it's a fun part. And I get some, I get some funny lines in. And then I have like a really like, mm, like a ha moment in it. And mm. um, it's a good show and it's funny. And uh, so I'm, in, I'm enjoying the show and the cast. How um, long does the show run? Like how long, what, how, like how long does it run a night? Well, it's been like two, including the intermission, it's been about right, right at about two and a half hours total. Okay. So bad. it's not, a, it's about average for a show. I think most shows that I do um, are about like two hours with the intermission. So ours is a little bit longer, but not so long that it's like, oh my gosh, why isn't this over yet? Um, mm. And it stays like funny and whatever, but like getting out of the parking lot takes me another 15 minutes because there's only like one way out of the garage mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my gosh i would give anything if you would install a second entrance right now but <laughs> so after i get out of the show and i'm just like i'm tired and i'm hungry and i just want to get home it's like i guess i'm just gonna sit in this exit line for 15 minutes moving up one car length every five minutes it's it's crazy i have no idea that's what people a, are doing at the checkout that's a good power nap though well if i could just like sit still and the cars wouldn't scoop but you know like so when the car so like one car will go out and then another car will move up so like every couple of minutes you do scooch up just a little bit and Mm. so you just have to keep scooching and scooching and scooching before you actually finally get to exit so if i could just sit until i got to exit i would totally take a power nap i'm not about i i am not against sleeping in my car i love car naps oh my god the best Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the best especially when it's cold outside and you got the heat blasting oh yes oh my god talk about talk about another galaxy when you wake up (laughs) (laughs) how was your week um being unemployed you know, oh, right. it's kind of it's it's a it's a restful type of situation. 
Um, I had a couple appointments uh, this week. Ended up getting health insurance. I have to give a huge apology to one of my homeboys. His name is Tubbs. We used to work together at that place. And he had an event on Thursday. It was nasty outside. And I I woke up from a nap. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get there. But see, that's all the way in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming from Harlem. And it literally was going to take me an hour and a half. And I was like, you know what? It's messy outside. I'm not in the mood. Two of my homegirls um, that... I was supposed to go with, they had got laid off from that same place the day before. So they weren't really in the mood. And I wasn't, you know, I was talking to Cousin Hybrid on the phone. It was just a hot mess. And I have to apologize because this is what the third event that he's going to drag me for. But I am sorry. I just, it just wasn't a good, it wasn't a good day. Friday, I, because this was actually in the city, I was able to go hang out with um, the two, my two homegirls that got laid off. They had a going away situation. So we went there. We went to a restaurant that I'm going to talk about in my obsessions. And then we ended up going to this um, bar situation, but they had like ski ball and we played Jenga. I was drunk as fuck. Okay. Drunk as fuck in these streets, but I was having a good goddamn time. So, yeah, my week, you know, I want to, if I have the funds, I'll go out. If I don't have the funds, I stay home because I'm not the type to be out here running around. You know, it's expensive to to have a good time in, in the city. You know what I mean? Like, it can be 50 to $100, depending on where you're going, what you're doing, what you're eating, what you're drinking. You know, so if I have the funds, I'll go. But if not, Jamari's in the crib. That's just how it's going to be. I will say, though, that this gentleman, he thought one of my homegirls was pretty. And he was like, you, I am buying everyone at this table a drink. I'm married and I'm buying a drink. And I was like, well, where did the married come in at? Okay. I guess that's something he was telling himself because he was trying to cheat with my friend. Whatever. He ended up buying us drinks. (laughs) Life was good. It added on to my more drunkenness than I already was. I was so hungover on Saturday. It was ridiculous, but it was all worth it. Um, it's been a it's been an interesting week this week. It's a lot of stories that uh, I found interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we're gonna get into Matthias McKinnon. Okay. This is a this now, is a lot of name. It sounds like a it, big name. Oh, it's for a it's a, for a big a big wolf too. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, first of all, he fine, he fine, which means in Jamari speak that he's got muscles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you and my readers know me so well. Uh, he does. One of the things I like is that when he's wearing a shirt, you could see said body. Oh. And that just makes me do, my loins just do a cartwheel. Yes, we know. (laughs) Well, he did something. So here's the thing. When attractive people do corny shit, 
it really brings the heart on down. Because then you're like, well, what were you thinking? So he, he, so he, Matthias McKinnon, he is a, I guess, an, an influencer model type of situation. Uh, he has 67K followers on his Instagram. He has the whole shebang from Twitter to YouTube to Snapchat. Like he is definitely, definitely, definitely a, he's, he's trying to be an influencer. So he does fitness, travel, and lifestyle stuff. So he has a TikTok. Everyone has a TikTok now. I I couldn't do Like, I just feel like TikTok is for just a certain age group. Every time I see videos from TikTok, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I have Instagram. (laughs) I feel like though, I... um, And and YouTube. What what was the one, there was another platform where you could do short videos. Huh? Vine? Vine, yeah, that one. Every, I, I like seeing people's TikToks now because it's always something that, that makes me laugh. Like just people doing dumb shit for 30 seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I need to like get through this moment or whatever. So I don't have like the TikTok app installed on my phone or anything, but sometimes people will share one or I'll just like see one that someone's like reposted in as part of something. And I'm like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, I'm good on the TikTok life, but I do... <laughs> I do like seeing it on my timelines. So it like stuff right. videos will come down from my timeline. I'm like, oh y'all funny, y'all funny, funny. But for me to like become an actor on TikTok, I just don't have the time. You know, I already got enough as is. Like we got Snapchat, we got Instagram, you know what I mean? We got Twitter, like we got a lot we keeping up with at this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I'm on Twitter because Twitter is one of my favorite, favorite apps. I'm on Twitter, just minding my business. Then I see a video come down my timeline. And of course I saw muscles first. So I was like, oh, what's this? So it was Matthias with a snow vixen. And the video starts off with him standing next to her and he's holding up some cards or some pieces of paper. And it says, why I like black men. So she starts pulling these cards. So one said beautiful, one said confident, one said dance moves, then one said do rags. The other one said his big old schmeet. Okay, um, so Schmitt. obviously the schmeet, because Schmitt. that is what people have been talking about black men forever. Um, but can we Schmitt. back up to do rags for a moment? Okay, because so I was leave, with you. I was with <laughs> you on beautiful and confident, and I feel like the rumor that black men are packing, and I call it a rumor because I know many average black men. Um, so the rumor of I'll raise my hand and say I can co-sign. Right, right. Now, like, and I have seen some very impressive black packages, but I've also seen some impressive white packages. So, but so I understand the stereotype of the black man schmeet. So don't need to address that. And, you know, beautiful and confident, cool, I'm with you. But do rags? You know, when I saw the video, the first thing I said was, what are you doing? Because even I'm not dating, I'm a black woman, I'm not dating black men for do rags. What? I just, I'm, I'm baffled. Do rags? 
First of all, that just that just like hits the stereotype of you know white folks loving black hair and oh, always yeah. touching the shit. So that yeah. just that just jumped into that stereotype. So we have the schmeet and the do rags as the stereotypes. Mm. My problem was the way how he was standing there. It just looked like Massa sent him upstairs and. She's like, oh, I got a, uh, we we got a new slave. Oh, he fine. Let me, you know, look at him. And oh, he comes with stuff. Like that's how it looked to me. It looks real. Wasn't a good look. Wasn't well, a good look. I mean, he seemed to be. Why? Why somebody? Why somebody say in the Twitter comments that it looked like a slave unboxing? I <laughs> fucking lost it. <laughs> lost it. Not an unboxing. <laughs> Not an unboxing though. <laughs> You know what? The internet stays, Twitter stays undefeated. I swear it does. I, because as one who loves a good YouTube unboxing video, I, and how they, they always like take the things out of the package and they'll twirl it around. You're like, no one needs to see this product in this level of detail. I love the idea of an unboxing. (laughs) His face looked like he just got unboxed. (laughs) He looked very proud of himself. Like, yeah, she's talking about me, y'all. The, she talking about me. And the black community was not. Oh, First boy. of all, it's like, this is Black History Month, sir. Get with it. Get with it. Okay? I Just coonery at his finest to me. Well, and, I, you know, I think he's he's fine as fuck. But at the end of the day, it was like, that did not do you any favors, black man. See, and here's my thing. Like, I... I don't understand why race always needs to be an issue with people. Like when it's when it's unrelated. Like if there are two girls coming towards you and you're explaining to the person standing next to you, like that girl is my friend. And the person says, which girl did you mean? And you say the black one. That's fine because then you're just clarifying which one of these two girls you meant but when people like why does she need to do a tiktok about why i date black men well that was hit that was his tiktok which is even worse oh god was it his it's his i thought it was her it's no it's his that's why this is so unfortunate good oh Throw the whole black man away. <laughs> My throw point it away. still remains throw that I don't away. understand why people like, I mean, I feel like you should want to date a beautiful, confident man with the package size that you enjoy. And you should have that in any man if that's what you want. But God, that just makes it worse that it's his TikTok. Well, you know what's funny? So, you know, I had, to, I always go into a full investigation because I, you know, I'm nosy. Okay. Um, he has dated black vixens before his ex-girlfriend is a black vixen one of his crushes that he had in a video she's black and they are beautiful he did with the the black girlfriend whatever she had a a real like a common name but um whatever like anna or judy or something crazy um and generic but she was real pretty and they did a a youtube of their photo shoot yeah and she's real pretty she's beautiful but one of the things, one of my readers said something. Shout out to Jay. Uh, 
why is it that when most black males go get them a white woman, it she's very basic. That white girl, very basic. Like, you know, it's like you would expect like for him especially, you know, because he has videos with some pretty, pretty, pretty white women. Uh that that's who you going to embarrass yourself okay. over. Now, you know what? Now, I'm being I'm being we're being shallow, but I think it's because we're annoyed. Okay. <laughs> and I I mean, look, I'm Foxhole, don't come at me. I don't want death threats or none of that. Okay, cuz they they're being okay. handed out like so it's nothing. Here's here's my scenario. <sighs> Not being one of these women I cannot speak to it. So I'm not trying to downgrade anybody or whatever. Uh oh. But I'm hiding. So <laughs> I might want to hide after this too. So if you get this black woman who is like always in her designer this and designer that and always in this the got the the big weave and the the nails done and the hair done and the everything done done. Mm-hmm. She's maybe high maintenance and she's probably like real needy or at least she's wanty. Like she wanty, wanty. Like Like she doesn't need his money, but she Mm -hmm. might always be like, Oh, why don't you pay for my nails? Oh, why don't you pay for my hair? Oh, why don't you take me out? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? So Mm -hmm. she's wanty. She doesn't need it. She could probably do it for herself, but she's wanty. She wants what he has. She wants him to pay for all the stuff that she wants. Okay. Um, and then so that'll maybe get on your nerves that, you know, you go out and you're just like, I mean, I'm going to go out and I'm going to put on my whatever jeans and a t-shirt and I'm good, but you need like a thousand dollars to just get ready to walk out the house. Um, and then it's a lot, you know, I'm working all day. I gotta, I'm bringing home my paycheck and I'm giving you half your paycheck so you can put it in your head for your weave. (laughs) And so instead I'm just going to go find this low maintenance white chick and uh, we can spend our money on food and whatever else I might like. We might agree on, and... right? And not on all of this high maintenance stuff. So maybe that's it. So, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's the thing. But I mean, if I had the opportunity to go from a high maintenance somebody to a low maintenance casual chill somebody, I'm gonna take the low maintenance casual chill. Now so, you couldn't get that. You couldn't get that package in a sister because I'm I sure mean, there's plenty of sisters that would have definitely jumped on Matthias. Sure if I had could. a vagina, I would have been writing him all the way to Timbuktu. <laughs> right, but I mean, but are <laughs> they out there? Like you don't. I mean, they are out were, there. Okay, well, I'm just saying, like maybe in his world. Where, I mean, he's looking good because there's always, you know, you'll see people like doing their best and, you know, getting themselves all dressed up. So like, oh, well, we're going to go down. We're going to the football game. There's going to be or we're going to this concert and there's going to be famous people there and we can jump on the bandwagon. And everybody's, you know, putting on their all their face, all their hair, their tightest, shortest dress. Like Mm -hmm. nobody's trying to go find famous people just being who they are. Like nobody's mm. like I'm gonna noxema my face and put on some moisturizer and then that's well, it. Well, first like, of all, we don't do noxema anymore, okay? We don't wash our faces with noxema. No, we use Avena. Oh Jesus! The last time you came to my house, you <laughs> stayed at my house for like a month, <laughs> and I think you went through like three tubs 
tubs of Nazima while you were at my house for a month. This is my this is about Matthias, okay? I'm and just saying that you, at one point, were single-handedly keeping Noxzema in business. I feel but triggered. But now you just said, we don't use Noxzema anymore. I feel triggered. I you- feel triggered. <laughs> I feel triggered. We don't use Noxzema anymore. We use Avino. I feel triggered. Okay. Well, <laughs> I did not get the Avino memo. So I still wash my face with Noxzema and put on my Cetaphil moisturizer. And I'm Ooh, good to fun. go for the day. Do you have a problem with Cetaphil, too? No, they, they're good people. Okay, cool. So... I'm just saying that nobody's doing the, I'm going to wash my face, I'm going to moisturize my face, and then I'm going to present myself to the world. That's not anybody's look. If people are going out, and so these girls are trying to go out and they're trying to meet these hot dudes and they're trying to get their money the best way they can, they're not going Grayson. out there as themselves. And I mean, that's what you do. I'm not, I mean, that's your thought game. Go nuts. That's that's you. Make your money how you make your money. Um but people aren't going out with the the plain, clean, low maintenance look. And maybe he was surrounded. I'm not saying there are no black women who are not in their low maintenance look. There are plenty, but that's probably not who he's surrounded by. Is all True. I'm saying. Well, you know what? And then another thing too. <clears throat> I think the video was off-putting. If he's dating, because he's really attractive. So if he's yeah. dating. Black, white, Indian, you know, Latina, Armenian, whatever. If he's dating around and just, you know, spreading his big old shemit to different races, <laughs> then you know what? Do you. But the video was so off-putting to me that it was like, ugh, ugh, fantasy dropped down from a 10 to a 3. Matthias, get it together. Yeah, I do. I'm, I do. I don't like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep your file close just in case. We don't want to have to cancel you because I would hate to stop looking at you. Um, all right. So that story done. Uh, Monique. Let me tell you something about Monique, okay? Tell me something about Monique. Monique had annoyed me when she first started going in on like Tyler Perry and and Oprah. And uh, the gentleman who does uh, Empire. Why his name slips me, I don't know. Jesse Smollett? <laughs> no. Uh, the gentleman who created it. Oh! Lee Daniels. Lee yes. Daniels, yes. Why that name slipped me, I don't know. Anyway, she was going off and, you know, she was going in on a tangent and, you know, talking about them. And it was just like, oh my God, Monique, you're never going to work in this business again. Then she went off on Netflix because, you know, Netflix didn't pay her what she was worth. So she was exposing them. And I was like, damn, she is just on a runaway train to hell, is she not? So she's been quiet. Monique has been quiet. Well, Monique popped up this week. Okay. This is what Monique had to say about Oprah on her Instagram. Instagram is the real Mo worldwide. Monique says... Dear Oprah, I felt compelled to write you this open letter after observing the disparity in the way you seem to treat people who were accused of the same allegations. You did an interview on the CBS morning show. You were asked about Harvey Weinstein by Noah O'Donnell, Nora O'Donnell, and you said it was pertained to him that you always try to look at the rainbow in the clouds, whatever is the silver lining. 
you also said, if we make this all about Harvey Weinstein, then we have lost the moment. When you either are or were going to be part of a documentary on Michael Jackson and Russell Simmons, how is that not making it all about them? Interestingly, Brother MJ was acquitted and deceased. So how is he not off limits? Russell and Harvey and Harvey are accused of the same thing. So in fairness, you do not support the accusers of both as you said you did with RS or are you looking for the silver lining for both like you said you were you did with HW RS Russell Simmons, HW Harvey Weinstein. The only difference between the two is their skin color and doesn't Harvey Weinstein have way more accusers? My personal experience with you is you've watched me as a black woman be accused of being difficult for not promoting Precious. It's in turn internationally for Lionsgate, at Lionsgate, Tyler Perry and your request, despite my, the fact my deal was with Lee Daniels Entertainment. And how are you for black women when you hear Tyler on audio saying I was right and he was gonna speak up, but you or him still haven't said a word? When I was 16 and I met you at your local show in Baltimore, I told you I wanted to be just like you when I grew up. You responded, you have to work really, really hard. My 16-year-old self didn't know that you and your silence in the face of wrongdoing would make my life harder. Lastly, please consider standing by the people who are right and not just the right people. Love you for life, Monique. One thing I love about Monique, she will read you in a classy way. She does. That was a very classy read. Oprah currently is massaging herself with castor oil at the moment because (laughs) she let her have it. Now, I'll be honest with you. She's, she's, She's right. That and see now, when my mama was alive, she loved her some Oprah, okay? And I you know, would watch Oprah. And I remember when, you know, her giving the cars away. And I was like, damn, she just gave this audience like cars. You know what I mean? And you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. And I was like, oh, okay. But a lot of like, Oprah left a bad taste in my mouth with this Michael Jackson documentary. Yeah. I I will never forget when it didn't even come out yet. And allegedly, because, you know, that's my favorite word. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. uh, (laughs) I don't need it. Allegedly, she went onto a boat and it was with these white celebrities and it was somebody's birthday. And they watched the Michael Jackson, Michael Michael Jackson documentary. And they took a picture afterward and they were all like looking shocked. And oh, my God, I can't believe it. Um, My problem is, where is your Harvey Weinstein documentary? Right. Because... Just because you and him are allegedly close, he has done a lot worse and there is no documentary. But these two black men, you was ready to co-sign things about. Russell Simmons, you dropped out of that documentary. Michael Jackson, you had that all on HBO. And if you went to research what those two accusers were saying, allegedly, it was all like fabrication. So what are we doing, Oprah? Because at this point, I kind of want you to just sit down because you're doing too much and you already got Monique and Monique doesn't give a fuck. So she's going to come for you regardless. Like Monique is fresh out of fucks. She's not baking any new ones. She's coming for you. So she's always going to point out your wrongdoings. You get what I'm saying? So for me, 
I don't know what's going on with Oprah. And we gonna get into Gail in a second. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Oprah, but they just seem to be moving very off. I don't like it. I don't like it. Like you supposed to be our black hero. And it's like you bringing down black folks, but you're not bringing down white folks because they're your friends. What's up with that? And see, and that's the thing, and I don't need her to be my black hero, but I do, I would appreciate that she would be a proper hero. And if you're going to speak out about the wrongdoing, you speak out about the wrongdoing of everybody in the same way. So or don't I do don't, anything. Or don't, or don't right. Say, so don't be say. in it or be out of it, but don't play the money game. Don't do the politics of it all. You know, like you, if you were fully supporting the Michael Jackson documentary after this man has had trials, been acquitted, settled, whatever it is, we're not discussing that anymore. The man is dead. Let him rest. Like if he did shit, he did shit. And if he didn't, he didn't. I don't know. It's not for me to say it's all of not my business. Um, but if you're going to make a documentary about him, then you make a documentary about everybody. And then you're saying right. that you dropped out of the Russell Simmons documentary because you didn't, because the research didn't line up with whatever. Okay. Well, and then, well, the research with Michael Jackson didn't right, line up either. Oh, right. And people are saying that it's been proven false. And, you know, and the one, the one boy, his mom testified a long time ago and said, no, I was on that trip where this boy is like, no, I was alone with Michael Jackson for weeks and weeks and all of this happened. And the mom already told the world 20 years ago that that's not how that shit went down. Where Don't she's even. like, you know, he's been alone with Michael Jackson, sure. But on this trip at the time that he said all of this nonsense happened, there's no way that that happened because I was there. So, Don't even get me started on the train. They were, he, they were talking about some nonsense because I didn't watch oh, it, but I just heard... Yeah, you talk about they were molested on the train. The train wasn't even constructed yet. So it was right. What? So there's all sorts of foolishness. Like so, you you drop out of one documentary because you're like the research doesn't line up. But you're fully you fully supported some other documentation, some other document documentary where the research didn't line up. So like, are you researching or are you not researching? And then and, my and and then uh, and then one thing about her that I'm very confused with is that you didn't even apologize or you didn't like you put like some I, I well since she's associated with oprah magazine oprah magazine on instagram was like michael jackson ends today i'm this podcast is probably going to get me in a lot of trouble because i'm going to be being you know being my honest self but she never liked michael and that's just it she never liked Michael. So if someone says that Michael Jackson did something, she's going to believe it. When she put on, when Oprah Magazine said, we're canceling Michael Jackson today or some nonsense, this is all just her, like it's been reported allegedly she never cared for Michael. So is this your end game? Is this, is this like what you're doing? Because it doesn't make any sense that you're not even going after the white folks who have done things. Yeah, and I mean, and I really... I want to believe that Oprah would not be the kind of person who would have, you know, been through the black struggle. Like you've come up through the ranks, you've, 
you've been through all these situations yourself um and and then still manage to make yourself the person that you are today but then all of a sudden because you're rich you've reached a level where you can openly mm-hmm. attack where black you suddenly people. forgot yeah and i mean i hate to think that you know she's one of those people but there's you know there's a little bit of evidence that seems to point that way and so i mean on the surface so i mean i i have not fully researched everything that oprah's said and done and so maybe some of the stuff that i am understanding out of context um Mm -hmm. but with the little bit of context that i have it seems very shady It, it it's just it's really it's filthy it's filthy. Mm. I almost just wish that Oprah was the type of like kind of like Madonna. I I love Madonna dearly, but I'm going to need you to sit down. You're not like <laughs> the younger girls anymore. I don't need you showing up performing your songs and looking a hot mess. Like right. I need you to kind of just be the legend that you are. You show up once in a blue moon where we're like, "Oh shit, that's Madonna." And I don't see you for another, you know, 30 years. <laughs> but I wish Oprah was like that. Oprah I don't know if Oprah's bored right now and she just needs a hobby, but maybe she needs to take up crocheting because I don't know what's what's going on. So mm-hmm. let's swing into Gail. Hi, Gail King. You're Oprah's friend too. Okay, Gail. Gail had an interview with Lisa Leslie on CBS this morning. And Gail said, you know, Lisa was, you know, speaking about her and Colby, their relationship, and took um, took Gail on a tour of her house and this and that and the third. So then Gail decides to bring up Colby's sexual assault case. And Lisa did her best to defend. But the thing that kills me is that Gail's like, well, as his friend, you wouldn't see it as his friend. So just the whole, just how Gail came off it came off like she was trying to, you know, start some shit. Mm-hmm. Lisa handled it very well. The problem is, Gail, you're an extension of Oprah. Oprah has all this shit going on. So now when you do it, it just looks like y'all just... Colluded. Y'all colluded. <laughs> y'all are conspiring at this moment. Didn't look good. Snoop dragged her. Boosie dragged her. 50 Cent, he was classy, but he was confused. Gail, she went on whatever platform and she responded to it. Apparently, Gail is getting death threats. They are dragging her through these forests. Oprah went on to E.T. She said, she's not doing good. She's not doing good. She's getting death threats. She hasn't been sleeping. She's just not doing good. And I'm like, well, Gail, what did you expect? Well, I mean, but I do. And and just to defend her just a bit, I don't feel like you should get death threats for yes. saying something. That's a little extreme. And so Snoop has since gone on some other show and say he didn't threaten her life. He just said well, he that, went on his Instagram. OK, that he didn't he didn't threaten her. But like when you say, like, watch your back, we're coming for you or whatever it is like how else are we supposed to interpret that? Especially like, Well, I think he was meaning it like people are coming for her. They're going to drag her online. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. 
That's what I'm hoping, Snoop. I'm hoping that you weren't going to, you know, call your homies and go up to her crib. (laughs) And I would hope the same thing. But generally, when people say they are coming for you, even in this technological age, that would that would sound like a threat on my life to me, especially coming from someone with a gang related background. Right. So I I, I don't feel like and um, if you have a problem with someone's opinion, you are absolutely entitled to discuss your difference of opinion, express that you disagree with them. But at no point should you be threatening anyone's life or like wishing harm to their children. Like people are just completely out of pocket with their with their reactions to things and if you don't agree you don't agree that's great but you don't need to threaten someone's life because you don't disagree because you disagree with them and that sort of like crazy mentality and then so you have all of these people who are like maybe not the famous ones and so you know all of these fans of snoop and fans of whoever are then like well snoop just told gail we're coming for you and so now i'm gonna be snoop's we i'm gonna be part of this we who's coming for you and now so these people are now on this snoop bandwagon whether or not it was the bandwagon snoop intended to have driven people are on this and people are now sending her death threats and that's crazy like it's just nuts like we need to calm all the way down as a society like you just should not be issuing death threats to someone because you don't like what they did now here's here's the thing so there's there's two sides to this story always at least two always and there's a third sometimes um so in 2018 gail had an interview or there was a write-up for Vanity Fair. Charlie Rose, who was her former CBS This Morning colleague, Mm -hmm. was accused of sexual misconduct. She says she is still friends with Mr. Rose. And she said, "There, you can hold two ideas in your head at the same time. There are two sides to every story, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... When Gail does something like this with Kobe, it's like, well, Gail, honey bun, sweetie pie, love muffin, there are two sides to that story too. And it's all over Google, right? Okay. Gail, again, extension of Oprah. This is why she is where she is at this moment. The other side of the story is that What I don't like is all of these people attacking this black woman. All of these black males are attacking this black woman, right? And they're sending her death threats. They're like, sometimes people need a dragging for when they do some dumb shit. Okay, you drag her. But what I like is when you drag someone with their past, you drag them with their, for their dignity. So you drag them for their past, like that past uh, write-up about how she defended Charlie Rose and, you know, right. allegedly how she's doing with Kobe. When you're dragging someone like that and saying, well, you said this, so I'm confused. I'm okay with that. But when you're dragging them and it's coming from like a place of serious maliciousness, 
that's a problem. And a lot of black men are going in on this black woman. But guess what? I didn't see none of these black men going in on the tons of white women who are speaking about Kobe. Ain't nobody dragging that actress that has something to say about Kobe and these other folks. Allegedly, there was a comedian that was talking mad shit about Kobe and said he hated him. Now, he he was a white gentleman. I, I can't remember uh, what platform he's on, but he's a comedian and he was talking this shit. He recently got fired. I didn't see none of these black men going the fuck in on him or the white women who have been talking about Kobe. This black woman, granted, we don't know what place she's coming from, but she's getting literally mollywopped in these streets. <laughs> and that's my problem. That's my issue. Yes, Gail is out here looking a little crazy, but should she be getting dragged this hard when others have said worse and they haven't even been touched? No, because there's definitely the standard of like that, like family supports family kind of thing. And so there is the idea that as a black woman or as black women, Gail and Oprah should be championing all things black. Mm. period and that is that's unfair um because i mean sometimes black things are stupid black people are stupid um we say stupid things we do stupid stuff and you should not support stupidity so whether and whether you're black or white you should not you should not engage in stupidity and you should not support stupidity and i think that that is a thing throughout life. And so if it's a if it's a culture thing, if it's a race thing, if it's a political thing, we should not support stupidity. Okay. So just because someone of your in your same tribe, be that tribe, black people, women, democrats, whatever it is, don't support stupidity in your tribe just because it's coming from within your tribe. And I don't, so I don't like that because yes, there are white people and there are men who didn't like Kobe, didn't support something Kobe did. And that's, and if that's fine, then what Gail is doing also has to be fine. It's either good, it's either okay or it's not okay. And I'm not saying which it is because I mean, I feel like Kobe is dead. That thing happened a long time ago i was 2004 it was a long time ago <laughs> i wasn't there i don't know what happened if there was a misunderstanding it it seemed like kobe was presenting it that it was a misunderstanding like they had they had an interaction which he interpreted to be consensual she did not it went to court it, or it didn't well, go to court. It got settled. So whatever. If that girl is not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. And but I the don't thing is, see... the man is like, yes, that's part of his legacy. He's also passed on. Right. It was so tragic. We don't need to be discussing it. That was something like right. it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. No. And like Lisa Leslie said, if you had questions about that, you had years to ask him those questions. 
Okay. We don't need to try to figure out what happened and what it means and what do you think, you know, how does that affect? It doesn't matter. You had a very long time to ask him all those questions. If you didn't ask them then, why are we talking about it now that man is dead? So whether it happened or it didn't happen, I don't care. We don't need to be discussing it. At the same time, I realize that Gail is a journalist. She's a news anchor, whatever you call her. She's like her part of her job is to be looking for dirt and to be talking about it. And and fine. But and I don't know if there was more to that interaction. Gail seems to be very upset now that they took that snippet of her of her conversation with Lisa Leslie. And that's what they've put out into the media. And it does kind of, it makes her look bad. No, kind of. It makes her look bad. It looks like she's, you know, trying to start shit. Like she's just stirring up the shit, just trying to throw it and see what sticks. And Gail has said that taken out of context, she would be upset about that too. So I have not seen the entire interview. I don't know if immediately after she says that, that, you know, they start having a whole different kind of conversation. I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, I don't disagree with what she said, where she, um, Lisa said, I don't know. He didn't seem to be that kind of person to me. And Gail said, well, as his friend, you wouldn't see it. That's a true statement. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that we we don't see when, when people get arrested for molesting children and, and murdering people. The people who are closest to them are always like, I never suspected. I never saw it coming. Because when you are close to a situation, even not something that drastic, like when you're in a bad relationship, you know, just because like your partner always puts you down and you're like, oh, I know that sometimes he's a little mean, but I love him. So, and your friends are like, no, he's going to fucking kill you one day. Like he's a total asshole. <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. He's just a little gruff sometimes. It's he's fine. Just, he's just a little, you know, he just had a tough day. Right, you know, right. He'll be fine. So when we are in the middle of these situations, it is hard to see what's really going on. And so that's a true statement that as his friend, you wouldn't see it. But I think that that clip, without all of the context around it and without knowing what they were talking about before and what they were talking about after, I cannot personally make a judgment on whether or not Gail was wrong. I don't feel like it was necessary to bring up at all. That's my opinion. But I can't say that she did it maliciously, that she was attacking him, or if it was just something that she mentioned as part of a bigger conversation about Kobe. I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't see it. So yeah. I'm not going to persecute her. I'm not going to give her death threats. Do I think that once people die we don't need to be bringing up all of the dumb shit that they did in their lives yes um like they're dead let all that shit die um yeah. you know let everybody can heal and move on and whether or not they did it is no longer relevant because they're not with us anymore but we shouldn't be making death threats and if oprah and gail need to do better about promoting things that need to be promoted and not promoting things and people if you put your support in positive places, put your support in positive places. Don't positively support white people and negatively support black people who are doing the same exact shit. I think that you do need to be above board and have a foundation and be that. But this whole, like, just, ugh, it's exhausting. What? This constant, like, race war. You know what? I've been, this week, I've been having some thoughts about 
after the Gale thing, especially, and after, you know, uh, just black men getting on Gale. And I've been having a lot of thoughts of just about being black and just how hard it is. It is hard to be black. We're going to get into that discussion after a commercial, but it's something I've been thinking about. I want to, I want to address. So we're going to hit a commercial and we'll be right back. All right. So, okay. (laughs) Being black in America is one of the hardest things because we are looked down upon by most white people. And then it's just as hard in our own community. And I almost feel like we don't have most, some black people, not all, but some black people don't have each other's backs. There's just a lot that goes into being Black that you don't really see in other communities. But with us, it's just this consistent fight just to get to the top. And the crab in the barrel mentality is still alive and well. Yes, right now it's all Black everything, and I'm going to support this Black movie, and I'm going to do this, and da-da-da-da-da. But I almost feel like we're just supporting the royalty aspect. You know, like we said in a podcast before, our our heroes are Black royalty. We're going right. to go out in droves to see Black Panther. Right. You know what I mean? We're going to go support Michael B. Jordan's next movie because they've made it out of the barrel. But the people that are just like you and me, that's a, it's like, it's a constant war between us all. So not only are we dodging nonsense from the white people, then we're dodging nonsense from our own people. And then when you're black and gay, then that's a whole other story. Then if you're a black woman, that's a whole other story. You know what I mean? Like, it's just no togetherness right. at the bottom. So I was sitting here and you know what? This might get me in trouble, but at the end of the day, y'all, people want me to be truthful, right? They want me to be honest. They want me to be 100 you know, I might not always say the right thing at times, but so I just like to throw things out there. Just, you know, I've been doing it for since I've been blogging. So my last position, I like to say it was a plantation. People have said, even when I was working there, that it comes off like a plantation. And one thing I noticed is that there was definitely a field mentality and a house mentality going on. Now, before we even get into this, I got to say, this is not a diss to anyone that I was working with that was on my level, okay? So this is, when I say slaves and stuff, it's not a diss or it's not a disrespect. It's to make a point. When I got to that, position. It's at an all black company, right? And when I got in there, I was like, wow, I'm with my people. I, you know, I've come from a lot of white spaces before and that's already in corporate and that's already a lot of games as is. So when you come to a company that's all black, you're like, wow, I'm seeing my people, they're working, they're they're productive, they're creative, they're beautiful, they're handsome, they're this, they're that. I gotta be here. You know what I mean? 
what I realized is when I got in there, I was a house nigga and I was a field nigga at the same time, right? Because I was working underneath HR, I was in the house, but I was interacting with the folks on the field that were working and trying to make things move. Um, because I was in both worlds, when you're put into both in both positions, you see things. So I've noticed in when there's other people in, in positions that I was in, they would be, there's two types. There's the type that you go, you listen, you're cool, you know what I mean? And then there's the type that's snitching, backstabbing because they want to get up in the house and they want to be on the top. So they don't give a fuck about anybody else. They don't give a fuck about any other black person. They are going to stab, cutthroat just to get to where they need to be. That was never me. I was always someone who listened to everyone, made sure everyone was good. And then if I heard different type of information, I would take it back to the house and I would say, hey, maybe we should change this. Maybe we should do that. Da, 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 da. The problem was, is that I was looked at as someone who people liked. You know what I mean? I was looked at as someone that was valuable. But the house negresses that were on top, they didn't like that. They wanted me to be a legit house nigga. If I was in that position and I was snitching and I was just backstabbing or whatever, I probably would still be there because I would be looked at as someone who was on the inside and giving them information. I never did that. I was always someone who just stayed neutral and stayed objective. But I had, because I related more with people on the in the field rather than the people that were in the house, they didn't like that. So what they did is head negress above me, like how they did back in the day, <laughs> went and said something to Massa. I ended up getting in trouble. I got my ass whipped, I got killed, and I got pushed into the lake. So now you took a valuable slave, someone who, <laughs> it's so funny using the slave term, but it's truth. You took a valuable slave and somebody who could have brought something or was bringing something to the company you got rid of them because of being miserable and being insecure. And I was just, when I was, I was talking to someone this week and they said to me, it's really difficult working under some black people because they can be very miserable and very insecure. And when I went to this black company, I thought that I would be protected. I thought that I would be protected by the people who were above me. The only people that saw my worth were the people in the field, as you, as history has shown us. But them house niggas that was above me, none of them had my back. And that to me, like, I had to say to myself, well, we have, you go to a, a white space and you don't, like, no one has your back there. I go to a black company where I think I'm gonna have, people are gonna have my back. They don't have my back there either. So where, where am I right now? Because you would think that people that would see me as a valuable resource, they didn't see that, you know what I mean? 
And that to me just, it's just really difficult in corporate and even on the outside. It's just hard being black. And I've just noticed that we are just, it's like a war. Every day is just a fucking war. Have you noticed this or is it just me? Why do you expect black people to have your back more than white people should or would? Because we come from the same struggle. So white people, some white people, not all, but some white people are just known for just being trifling when it comes to us. They've been doing it for years. You know what I mean? This has just been the story. I have witnessed, like I worked at companies where white people were just really passive aggressive. They were really trifling. It was just the same story. You know, you go to these different different jobs and you just, white corporate is, it's, it's difficult to maneuver. You have to literally, it's almost just like, a game every fucking day. So when you go to a company that you literally, I said one time to someone, I'm like, it feels like we're like refugees. We're like refugees who are going to, that came from white spaces and we're now in black, a black space. And well, this is during honeymoon phase, mind you, but we're in this black space and it just feels good that you're just around your people. We're all just working. We're all doing what we got to do. And yeah, turned out that it's the same games that they play in white spaces as well. So, so where do we feel space? Where do we feel safe? If you had basically the same, as far as your management is, is concerned, yeah. you had white management who didn't support you. You had black management who didn't support you in both of those, in and a white space had, and a black space. And then, we, and then we have black management in a white space that didn't support either. Okay, so... Is it, would it, can you say that it's more a question of the level of the achievement of those people and not so much that it's their color? Like people, management, generally they're, they have worked in their industry for a while. They have a certain level of education. They might have bachelor's, master's degrees, whatever. They probably get paid at least $30,000 more than people who are just your, your field Negroes in your analogy. Um, So is the real question about that black people need to look out or is it just that, that, upper management needs to be more considerate of people who work under them because obviously the people who are doing the work every day you know the the people the people who are cleaning the toilets and sweeping the floors and unlocking the doors and answering the telephones those are the people who keep businesses going without yeah. them businesses wouldn't be anywhere but once you reach a certain level whether that's, you know, you've gotten to a certain point in your career or you've gotten a certain amount of money, it's easy to forget what that was like down on the bottom. It's easy to forget when you you do have a whole bunch of people who come in every day and they bust their asses and they might not feel like they're making a difference at this company because it's like, yes, I came and I answered the phone all day, but what did I really contribute to the company? Um, 
and and you get stuck in that as a like an administrative assistant a receptionist at those lower level kind of jobs you get that feeling a lot but when you're in management you're actually making decisions that affect the company you're you're dictating pay you're dictating who works and who doesn't and schedules and stock prices and whatever um when you have more responsibility you just forget about the little people and do you really think that that's a black versus white issue or just a management versus non-management issue well i would say so at that last plantation i was at um one of the things i noticed is that they were very quick to cater to white management's needs they pay allegedly they allegedly paid white management more money than most of the black management that was working there anything that they that the white management needed it was like oh my god like allegedly i was told you know certain things that we certain events that we would have you know we needed to make sure that they were done on a certain time because you know we don't want such and such to complain and it's almost like okay but what about the complaints of the black folks that were there and then there was so there was this um lovely lady i used to work with and she got laid off but she got laid off from a white manager and he is absolutely disgusting like his attitude is awful and people seem to just let him do whatever like i was told oh well you know he has pull and i'm like well why does he have pull <laughs> you know what i mean like he's terrible but he has pull and i almost feel it's you know in my mind just from observation is it because he's white because other people don't have pull you know what i mean but he has pull he but has why pull did enough he to, have pull? but I mean, that's is, the thing but i mean like was he at a certain level of management was he the he ceo was, was he he's like a vp but my thing is does he have, have more you, pull than other vps at or other people at his same level well when he allegedly complained and said i did something which was an absolute lie it was okay we believe it you know what i mean other people have said like i've when i was there i saw like other other black folks in those type of positions doing things and it was just like whatever you know what i mean i just feel like for that particular company i almost just feel like we are going to cater to the white people that are working here rather than catering to all of the black people that are contributing that's how it that's how it came off and that's what i noticed while i was there now i could be wrong you know what i mean i could be wrong but that is just one example of just black folks just some black folks not having your back you know what i mean i said i've said many times as a black blogger if I was a white gay blogger, I probably would be in the stratosphere as far as popularity, as far as sponsorships, as far as all of that. Well, I, for a I've long time, you were anonymous. 
But if I was an anonymous white gay blogger. Okay, but if you're anonymous, how do people know if you're white or black? People would only know that from your content. So is there something about well, I mean, your when blog I was, that well, would... writing writing about my black experience. Yeah, I was anonymous, but I was still writing about my black experience living as a black gay male in America. You know what I mean? So I've always said that I mean, I've noticed that there's some white bloggers that will shout out celebrities and they'll be like, "Yeah, uh-huh i do it and it's like well who's that you know what i mean and it's kind of it just gets a little frustrating and that's some of those moments made me want to give up because i felt like i didn't have a lot of support now the people who did support me i'm grateful for them but i had to wonder if i was of a different complexion how far would i have gone and i've written about that before you know what i mean and it has gotten like yeah you know maybe because that's the world we live in You know what I mean? I feel like white gays, they have privilege, even though they're white and gay, they still have privilege. You know, black gay, no privilege because we're bottom of the barrel. We're right, sadly, we're right underneath how black women are treated. You know what I mean? We're like black women and black gay men. It's like, we are the scum of the earth. I almost feel like black straight men act like the white straight men of our community. You know what I mean? They're the ones who kind of push the narrative. They're the ones who make the moves. We like, it's just just how it, how things go. And it's just really frustrating. You know what I mean? And I almost have to wonder like, who has our back? Like, do we, is it all about finding a tribe and finding people who will, you know, uh, champion you? You know yes. what I mean? But then it's like, okay, what if that's like two people? You know, what if, you know, like, it, it's just, it, it always just feels like a war. When you notice other communities, I always notice that there's this togetherness with them. And I almost feel like there's, we, like black folks will come together and then we'll be dragging each other and then coming together and dragging. It, it's just, it could be a little messy. It could be a little messy. Some black people, not all. Yes. Some, not all. (laughs) So like, what can we, like, how can we change that though? Like what would have to happen for us to change? Because I feel like a lot of this stuff is taught, you know, a lot of white people back then have taught us to hate each other. So we're, you know, a lot of us still have that unraveling that we have to do to get to where we're like a force. Because at the end of the day, black people, we are magical. We are a magical group of people. We are talented. We push the trends. You know, we can overtake this country if we wanted to. Sure, you can. And I I don't disagree with any of that, that black people have talent. Black people have numbers. Um, We might be a minority in this country, but there are still plenty of us. But the question is, like you said, what can we do to change it? Because this is not a matter of, it's not just what white people have taught us yeah it's what black people continue to teach themselves and that was some of what we talked about last week is what does it mean to lose your blackness what part of blackness are you losing what what defines your blackness because if i'm a black person i am a black person but if (laughs) i'm a, a wealthy 
black person. I am probably mm -hmm. not going to teach my children how to like when a cop pulls you over, mm -hmm. put both hands on the wheel, blah, blah, blah. I might, if I grow up in a certain neighborhood or if I am raising my kids in a certain neighborhood, that might not be an issue. But if I raise my kids in the projects where there is a constant police presence, then that might be something that's very important for me to teach my children is, you know, that the, the cops can help you and protect you but you still need to be cognizant of the fact that your skin is brown so yeah. i think that there's it's not just that it's not just a, a black thing is there's a socioeconomic thing there's it's where we where we come from like the things that we know if i'm an educated black person i live my life and i teach my children something different than if i'm an uneducated black person because I simply don't I know different things so I can't I don't think that there's any one universal message that black people can teach their kids so we can stop this cycle and I don't think it's because white people have taught black people to hate each other I think in general it's a society of people don't think for themselves no one's saying why why do I think this? Why do I believe that? Why does this seem to happen this way? Is there something that I can do to work harder? Because it's very easy to say that I did not get this opportunity because this white person took the opportunity away from me and not look inward and say, what could I have done better? Because the fact of the matter, it might be that a white person took that opportunity away from you, but what can you do the next time understanding that there are white people in the world and there are people who will always prefer a white person over you what can you do to make yourself shine so it's not what did a white person take away from you it's what can you do better to outshine a white person the next time if that's what you feel like you always have to compete with a white person it's how can you improve yourself and not just get stuck in white people keep getting everything I want. And so now I'm staying on the bottom because white people keep holding me down. Well, how can you keep fighting? How can you get up? When my people were slaves, we were slaves for a long time, but there were still some of us who said, this is not right. And we are going to fix this and we're going to make this better. And then you get the Sojourner Truths and you get the Frederick Douglasses who are speaking out about mm -hmm. this is not right. We are, we have brown skin, but we are still people. And we're going to show you that we're people and we're going to fight for the right to be people. And so you get those, those black people who say, no. I'm not, I understand, I see you white people. I see what you think of me, but I am going to work my ass off and prove to you that I am just as good as you. Now see the problem. So that, so right there, we're doing that. But then we have to worry about our own trying to sabotage us as well. Right, but everybody has to worry about somebody sabotaging them. I don't think that's a color thing. There are there are poor white people who are trying to who would love to sabotage rich white people because the because humans are selfish. And yeah. you 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 always you want to succeed. Um and it would be great if other people are succeeding too, but not if that means taking success away from you. That's not a black owned bias. And people don't there are lots of people who don't seem to realize that 
we can all succeed. I can be rich. You can be rich. She can be rich. We can all be rich. I don't have to get rich by keeping you poor. But there are a lot of people who have that mentality. And that's not a black issue. That's a people issue. You know what I think, too? I think that when you so for instance, that last plantation I was at, when you go there and you're like, okay, well, I'm around my people. I'm around creative Blacks who are trying to make it and take it to the next level. And you see that there's a lot of disgusting behavior happening. It's a little frustrating because you're thinking, oh, well, I'm, it's going to be different than how it is at a white space, you know, where there is no one that's, that can understand because uh, Sarah doesn't understand the Black struggle like you know, Issa would. I wasn't going to use a stereotypical black name. <laughs> right. But, you know but I mean? if, so, but if Sarah and Rashonda grew up as okay, neighbors, well you, use the, you use the stereotypical black I sure will. <laughs> then because Sarah and Rashonda grew up in the same neighborhood, Rashonda thinks just like Sarah. Rashonda is not, the fact that you and Rashonda have the same skin color does not mean that you and Rashonda have anything else in common Rashonda might not know shit about your struggle Rashonda's a Yale graduate and you finished high school y'all are not you're not peers you just happen to have the same skin color and I think that that's a, a it's a trap that a lot of black people fall into that because we have the same skin color you feel like we have more in common than we do, but we don't like, you don't, you don't know my background. You don't know. Like I went to all white private Catholic schools my entire life. You just walk into a room and see that I have brown skin, you have brown skin. And so you automatically assume that I'm supposed to support whatever agenda you have. And that's not the case. Any Mm. situation that I walk into now, if I walk into a room full of people, I absolutely look for a black face I do it. Everybody does. But at the same time, I'm not walking into that room, seeing that black face and saying immediately like, okay, that's going to be my people. That's where I'm going to go start a conversation. I'm going to go say hi to the black person first and, and feel them out and see where they are. But it might just happen that Ashley is the one that I end up having a good connection with and not Ashley is Ashley. What about Ashley's white? In this scenario, oh. Ashley is white. Oh. Um, it's spelled with an it, with an E I G H. She's a white Ashley, not a not a A A S H L E E. With a with maybe like an accent or or an apostrophe thrown in there just for fun, <laughs> right? Because she's definitely a black Ashley. Um, so it's like so. Yes, the skin color is a is a first step to you know to finding your people, but your people can go beyond just skin color and sometimes when you talk to enough black people you realize okay well y'all ain't really my people we got skin color in common but that's where that train ends and i might have a whole bunch of friends who have white skin because they turn out to be my people because we grew up in the same socioeconomic area we understand the struggle of our financial class, which has nothing to do with our skin color. So I think a lot of people go into situations like that thinking I'm going to be working for a black firm 
and it's going to be different and it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be power to the people and then you realize that it's not like that like like molly realized that like why is everything bootleg why do we do everything so behind the times she thought that she was coming into this law firm and it was black and it was going to be great and it was going to be electric sliding every day and and then she found it like it's not really like that because just because we're all surrounded by people i forgot that was a a insecure episode yeah yeah forgot Forgot. the same you know because we are the same color does not mean we are the same and you know what that's actually it's a little sad you know what i mean because you're like well we would have something in common but when you said that about you know the socio socioeconomic backgrounds the different the different uh journeys that we take as black people i could see that mm-hmm. so now and so yes does- you have you have your house negroes and you have your field negroes and certainly you know if you can pass a, a brown paper bag test then you're better than i am in some people's eyes but in other people's eyes you're not like i mean your your mom might have gotten raped by Massa, and so you come out and you're a little more light-skinned than I am and so you're allowed a privilege that I don't have you get to be in the house while I'm working in the field um and so certainly you could take the initiative because now you're in the house you've learned how to read um whether Massa let you learn how to read or you just learn how to read because you get to be best friends with Massa's white daughter yes you could come back and then teach me out in the field how to read because we actually happen to have the same mother so you are actually my sibling you could come and you could share your knowledge with me and sometimes that happens but sometimes it doesn't and house negroes like i'm better than field negro i no longer need to speak to field negro (laughs) and sometimes that happens in today's world as well if a a black person is in a position where they feel like they have money they have power they have status they have education they have whatever they don't need to pass that knowledge down and that's their right it's anybody's right a little scary it is um But I mean, but I don't think that that I think that that goes beyond just a skin color. We should always in any situation, we should always be looking back to see where there are people who do not have what we have. We should share the knowledge that we have. If that helps you, if I have knowledge that can help you financially, I can help you like develop your self-esteem i can help you learn a skill i can help you learn how to paint or draw or whatever it is that you need if i have that knowledge i absolutely should share it with you as a human and as humans we just don't do that enough and we create these divisions we create well my black people and my white people or my rich people and my poor people we create these divisions among ourselves that keep us all separated instead of everybody just being like we we share we share everything. So I, let's let's swing back to Gail getting mm-hmm. disrespected by black men at this moment and the struggle that black women have to be taken seriously. Whereas, like we said, there's white comedians and white actresses or whatever that have spoken out about Kobe, but Gail like and there's other stories there's other stories of black women just getting absolutely disrespected and then we add in the black gays that get disrespected 
isn't that just, isn't that a lot of just negativity going on? Yeah. In our community? Yeah. Like, it almost feels like, it just feels like we're at the bottom, but then we're acting like we have privilege. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, she said this, so she's a Black woman. We're going to rip her apart. If he said this, we're not going to rip him apart. If that Black F word said this, then we're going to throw him in the damn, uh, just drown his ass. Like, it's just a lot of negativity that I just feel like, where do we start fresh? Where do we, like, where is the support? Like, where is the the backing? Like, Charlemagne had to come out on Power 105 and say, hey, y'all need to relax on disrespecting Gail. You know what I mean? Like, it's really not that serious. Yeah. And it, it, I just almost feel like we make things so, some of us make things so serious and then we just go in but then when something happens, it's, well, we got to support our people. But you didn't just the other day because you was fucking dragging this woman to hell. Right. You know what I mean? And I think it's a, just a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, and especially now in like the day of social media, like I don't, if I do something that offends you as my friend, I don't need you to post an apology on Instagram or Facebook. If you hear that my father died, don't send me your condolences in social media. That's fake. If right. you you have my number, fucking call me. Don't Ugh. don't post I don't need your happy birthdays on social media. I don't need your congratulations on social media. I don't need that. Call me. You're my friend. Call me. If you're not my friend, I don't care. I it's it's unimportant um and people get really caught up and they they take sides and it's very polarizing in social media because and i've said this before that people always feel like for some reason that they need to have a dog in the fight like you don't have to you don't have to pick sides you can gail she's doing her job as a news reporter to bring up different angles do i agree that it needed to be done absolutely not do i agree that she needs to die because she did it also absolutely not right i don't need to pick a side on that and a lot of people do and it's like what you decide is okay can change from day to day and so it's like and if you can't and nothing's ever going to be 100 percent right so I don't think that we need, like, Black people need to support all things Black. But Black people certainly should not make it obvious that they're elevating all things white while putting down all things Black. Like, you should definitely Or not fall... being the stereotype that we don't support each other. We're just, like, out, just, we're just out to get each other. Right. And so, and like I said, so I didn't see the whole Gail King interview. I saw the same, like, four-minute snippet that everybody else saw and is now attacking so i can't say if gail was right or wrong and i'm not gonna say if she was right or wrong i'm not gonna take sides one because it doesn't fucking matter what i think she did what she did um and good or bad she's still gonna get the paycheck that she got but i i need the rest of the context before i go and and say before i decide whether or not i think she was right and even once i decide that i don't need to to start any kind of riot against her i i i can respectfully agree or respectfully disagree 
but and I can still let her live her life. You know, it's funny. I come from an island that literally was 99% black Mm -hmm. folks. When I went to class, there was these two white kids in my class and it literally was, why are you white? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you are lighter than the rest of us. But on this island, we are all just together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I grew up just seeing black people working together, being very polite, you know, just, I was raised in a very, at, down over there, very middle class type of situation. So it was different. And then when I came to America, I was bullied by a black boy and the white kids at this Catholic school would entertain him, would literally be championing him to bully me. And that hurt me. Because I, you know, I came from an island that was different, that was, you know, a lot of togetherness. And I come here and then I'm in this inner city black struggle. And I learned really quickly, but I was also someone who was optimistic. Like I'm always someone who just stays optimistic. So I, yes, the plantation that I was working at was a bad experience, but I'm going to still be optimistic that my next experience is going to be good and it's going to be great. And we're going to, you know, I'll meet people and, you know, it'll be, you know, rainbows and fucking sprinkles. But I noticed that, and funny, Cousin Hybrid, we were having a conversation and he said to me, um, Friday, he was like, have you just noticed that with certain Black Americans, it's just always a complaint about just something. Mm -hmm. And then it's a negativity about that complaint that they had. And then it just becomes the standard. So... I, for instance, black males. Oh, I mean, well, I'm speaking in my community. (laughs) I'm speaking in my community. So this is what I see. But with black males, it's like, oh, well, I dated this black woman and she broke my heart. So I don't fuck with black women anymore. I only date white women. And it's like, okay, what? (laughs) Whereas for me, I've dated fucking ignorant ass black dudes and guess what i'm still looking for a black male now if i meet a white male and he's amazing and wants to date me i'm gonna date him you know what i mean because at the end of the day like matthias or what i hope matthias is like i'm going to date around and i'm gonna date different dudes and experience different things where i could say oh well that asian dude had a big dick that's not the stereotype of you know them you know what i mean (laughs) but I maybe I look at things differently from an optimistic type of standpoint, whereas other people around me are just ready to look at the negative and then it's a negative outlook. And then I, you know, even though I'm looking at it from an optimistic standpoint, I'm still seeing the negative as well. So that's why when I went to this particular plantation and I saw. I thought it, I was jumping into something that was different. And then the head niggers, oh, that didn't even sound good. The head Negroes, sorry, that came, that were above me, didn't have my back. It was a little defeating for me mm-hmm. because I thought coming from a white space, I would have a different experience there. And it wasn't. So that's why, you know, I just felt, a certain kind of way but 
I think what we need to do, I don't know, this is this is a a reach. But I just feel like if we're going to support each other, we should just support each other and not and just come from an optimistic type of standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. I there's a lot of assholes in the world. There's a lot of black folks that just need to be canceled on site. But there's also a lot of white folks that need to be canceled on site, as well Thanks. as a lot of a lot of Hispanics that need to be canceled on site. Yep. And a lot of Indians that need to be canceled and a lot of Asians that need to be canceled. You know what I mean? If we can start doing that within our community, maybe we can get to a higher place instead of getting, first of all, getting jealous because somebody is doing better than you. That to me is absolutely ridiculous. Like right. we, you have, we all have talent. We all have strength just because your ass is lazy doesn't mean that you need to be jealous of my strengths you know right. what I mean? and really and, and if you if i have something that you don't have um if you feel like i've done some things that you haven't done ask me oh, like I, I mean we need to start just having more conversations like if you there are lots of people who do a whole lot of traveling and i'm always thinking like i know what you do for a living i think that you make less money than i do how do you stay on vacation and I want to okay. know, like, are you just in credit card debt or are you like, do you have some like great savings plan? Like, are you, you know, you, you don't like, where are you saving money that I'm, I'm not saving money? Like, instead of being jealous about what somebody has that you don't have, ask them like, like, how do you have these things? Like, how did you get to where you are? And maybe they will share that knowledge and maybe that'll be a come up for you. And there right. are people who have things that you don't. But you also have things that they don't like. They might have a whole lot of money, but they're not really good friends with their siblings. And they and they they see you and they're like, well, she seems to get along with her sister really well. I would really like to get along with my sister because they don't know how to to be in touch with people. So they might know how to be in touch with money. And you want to know that. But you are really in touch with your sibling and they want to know how to do that. So you have the conversation, you ask questions, you get the exchange of knowledge. And that's how we get to understand that we're really not as different as we think we are. And that's how we start to unify by having conversations and asking questions and sharing knowledge and not being jealous and coveting. And one of the biggest things there is power, there is strength in numbers. Like, Hey, guess what, Black House Negro? You can't do this by yourself. Right. You, like, we all have strengths here. Like, what kills me is a lot of Black straight males are like, oh, I'm not going to talk to that gay male because, you know, uh, but that gay male could be your fucking door to get to where you need to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like, all this, oh, well, I'm, I've seen it a lot. Like, oh, well, you know, he's not wearing the latest sneakers or he's not straight enough or he's not this or she you know what i mean like instead of saying all that shit be like hey what what you have something to offer i have something to offer let's put our heads together so we can get to where we need to be and then we can bring this person and we can then bring this other black person we can bring this other black person next you know we're a fucking like conglomerate you know what i mean that's how it works but this whole well i only do it by myself it's like okay so you just you do it by yourself, you'll you'll be alone by yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you won't even make it that far. And then these folks that you didn't collaborate with, they come together and they become a big fucking deal. You know, I'm always... One thing I, lo- I appreciate is Black folks who help other Black folks. You know what I mean? That are like, you know what? 
you got, you ask me a question, I'm going to respond back with you. Or I see that you have a talent, I'm going to help you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what we need more of. And that's what I mean. We need more of that. Not tearing each other down, throwing each other under the bus. Like, it's really not that fucking serious. Like, we need to come together more. We have to fight. We have a president that's literally creating hate throughout this country. We need each other. We should not be also battling each other. That's what they want. You know what I mean? That's what the enemy wants. So we all need to be coming together and working together, putting our heads together. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, oh, like when Diddy said, oh, well, the Grammys doesn't respect us. Well, guess what? We have the BET Awards. We have the Essence Awards. Go there. That's our platforms. Enhance that. You know what I mean? Instead of looking for white people to give us things, Massa doesn't have to give us anything. But we have platforms that we could be giving each other things. You know what I mean? Right. Do that. Go towards that direction. That's all I'm saying. Yep. All I'm saying. All I'm saying. All right. So we had a good discussion this week. Yeah. <laughs> Not, I don't think it's as long as, you know, the other uh it's getting there so it is so uh end of well not weekly recaps but anything coming up this week no gosh sleep i hope i've been super busy the last two weeks i just want to sleep this week and i'm gonna do laundry and i'm gonna wash my hair okay what are you doing uh yeah (laughs) i might have something i might be going somewhere friday but I don't know. I think what I want to start doing this week is I want to start looking for sponsorships for the Foxhole. Mm-hmm. Uh, start getting that because I'll be honest with you, that last plantation made me say, yeah, I kind of want to work for myself now. Okay. Uh, I can't do house Negro drama anymore. Fair enough. Um, obsessions this week. What is your obsession this week? Let me tell you something. So I went to this deli. It's called Cat's Delicatessen. And Cat's Delicatessen was featured in a movie called When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. I'll have what she's having. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the fucking most... Well, I had a piece of it because I was drinking and my stomach is a little sketchy at times so I had peace I had a piece of this fucking pastrami sandwich that literally made me orgasm on sight (laughs) I have been craving this fucking pastrami sandwich ever since I had just that little piece everyone at the table had a pastrami sandwich and literally they looked like they all got some good sex after they ate it. Wow. So my obsession of the week is that goddamn pastrami sandwich at Cat's Delicatessen. Okay. I am going... Now, like, I've never had pastrami before. I was so going to say, I don't like... think I've ever had pastrami either. Right. So that was, like, the first time I've ever had it. And I looked at it like, what is that? But then, you know, I was like, eh. But then when I... You know, I saw people like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is a situation. 
So uh, one of the lovely ladies we were with was like, do you want peace? And I said, yeah, sure. Let me get a piece. <laughs> Break me off a piece of that motherfucking good stuff again. Because I was like, God damn, this shit tastes good. So that's my obsession this week. Uh, the pastrami sandwich from Cat's Delicatessen. in Foxhole, if you're ever in the city, uh, look up Cat's and let me know what you think of that damn pastrami sandwich. Uh, karaoke? Um, I am going to pass on my um, on my obsession for this week um, because it is incomplete. I will tell you that I it is it it's my I was hoping that it would develop into an obsession, um, mm-hmm. and I blame you. Um, for <laughs> well, this, why do you blame me? This love after lockup show. Oh. Train wrecks that I love a good train wreck. I also love a good train wreck. So this was and I um Lamar and somebody, I don't remember the girl's name. Um, but so this this whole show about people who meet people while they're in jail and then once they get out of jail, then they have to like do this real relationship together. And um there was this the woman and she was a Mormon and she was she hadn't told her friends that she had been dating this guy in prison and the guy's going to get out of prison. So she's, you know, so first of all, she's a Mormon, um, which is interesting all on its own. Cause she's a black Mormon. Right. That was the part um, that had me confused. Yeah. And then, so in the first episode, episode one, season one, and she has to go and she has to admit to her friends that she has not been dating some guy who lives in California. She's been dating a guy who's in jail. And, you know, her friends are just like real confused Beckys. And they're like, I'm so worried for you. Um, and it was crazy. But then what got me was that she went at one point, she goes to this car dealership and she's like, I need to buy a car for my boyfriend. He hasn't driven in a while because he's been locked up and I need to buy him a car. So can you show me a car? And the guy was like, well, here's a car. This one's nice. She agrees. How much is it? 20 something thousand dollars. And she was like, well, he deserves it. But (laughs) I'm not going to get that one. Um, I was thinking of something more in the $10,000 range. Now, this girl already had like two or three kids. She's like working on her own. She's working to raise these kids. She's a realtor and she did something else. So she's working two jobs to support these two or three kids. Now she got this man getting out of out of jail and she's trying to buy him a car. And I'm like, what? I don't understand. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, I wanted to know more and I cannot find um, episode two of season one or the rest of season one for free anywhere um so if you are are listening um and you would like to somehow get me this information like where i can watch the full season one of love after lockup i would really truly appreciate it so i can properly indulge this obsession um tell you something the clip i sent you had me oh cackling. my goodness I was, yes i was cackling like a 50 year old smoker because when they were I really ca- like getting it on in the drive-through car wash and i'm like my, my my problem is is when she was having an attitude she was like oh the the lady who was washing the car 
doing something with the car. One of the well, she said she like, asked the man what kind of you know. So if you go to the car, well, you don't you don't drive because you live in New York. But so like if you go to the car wash and they have different levels, so you can get like a basic wash, like they'll spit on your car and then you can be on your way. Or yeah. they'll do like the whole shebang. So the girl who was working at the car wash just said, what kind of wash do you want today? And then she was like, you know, here's the different things. And the guy said, I'll take the works. And she's going to get all upset. Like, oh, oh, yeah, no, he's not going to give you his works. Like, I think, was it <laughs> Andrea or something? No, he's not going to give you his works. You can get... A- and like, would you calm down? Nobody First wants your all, wants your jail man. She's talking about your fucking car wash. And then she's in there. <laughs> so he, you know, he just got out of jail. She's talking about I'm a Mormon and I can't have sex before, without without being married. This man been in jail for 18 years. You didn't really think unless y'all are getting married in the next 15 minutes, you finna disobey a God. Like <laughs> Like, what did you really think was going to happen here, lady? So then, so he's like, you know, so they go in the car wash and after she done like yelled at this poor little girl for trying to do her job, um, he's like, all right, well, give me a hug. And she's like, no, go ask that, that go ask that girl for, for the works. You ain't getting no works for me. Like, like if you ain't nobody wants your 18 year dusty ass jailbird sis get it together right ain't nobody want that like what can he do for us so i was just like what he could do for that girl she got a job hello right (laughs) so andrea that was her name andrea so she's like um just just silly with it and then what really made me really want to start like finding these episodes is i swear that i saw a clip somewhere online where she said that she got pregnant by the holy ghost no 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 no. my favorite is that they conceived their child in the prison room closet oh no no no. i'm talking about so andrea said that because she's a mormon they can't have sex out of marriage but then I think that there's an episode where she's saying that she got pregnant by the Holy Ghost because even though she's not having sex because they're not married, she somehow got pregnant. This same this same girl. Oh my God. So she wants us to believe that she went and picked this man up who's been in jail for 18 years. And Casper got her pregnant. And Casper got her pregnant. They went, she picked him up. They went to a hotel room immediately after. And she wants us to believe that that the Holy Spirit got her pregnant. You know what's funny? Like prayer changes things, but not in that way. It's always these insecure folks that think that somebody want their broke ass man. Right. Ain't right. nobody want your headache, lady. Right. I don't <laughs> like, want your unemployed criminal record headache. He's he was cute. He had nice lips. I'll give you that, but you can have him all the way. Okay, well. Mm. Look, now see. <laughs> so, right. So I was just like, so it it I, I wanted it to be my obsession, but I didn't get the opportunity to get enough into it because I really need to pray about whether or not so like you can get the episodes on like amazon and google play and whatever um but they're like two dollars each so i want to so i'm still thinking about like i have like we're on this like financial thing in our lives and getting out of debt and all that we talked about that before um 
So I realized that it's only $2, but it's like $2 per episode and there might be 20 episodes. I didn't look into it. So I don't want to go down this financial rabbit hole. Why don't you use your, you know, your alleged uh, free situations to go look at it? Like regular people. Because they're not available. I I could not to my situation, my alleged. If you yes, if you check your alleged situations, and if you find what I'm looking for, you send it to me. And this is if anybody's listening and you have the alleged situation where you can hook assist up ijfkaraoke at gmail dot com. Like send me (laughs) the alleged information. Send the episodes of Love After Lockup. Right, I'm looking for season season one is is what I need, and so you can email it to me, and I would be ever grateful. Um, But so since that did not karaoke loves mess. Oh gosh, I do. I see, and I don't like to to participate in mess in my real life. In my real life, I am very like you know like peace and love, and let's all get along, and blah blah blah. But because I am like that in my real life, I uh-huh. I, I really like other people's mess on TV. <laughs> um, so I want like, you know, TV mess um, so I can keep it out of my real life, but I can still get my enjoyment out of it because I am just as horrible of a human as everybody else. Um, <laughs> so because it did not get into a full-blown obsession even though i did just spend the last 10 minutes talking about it i'm gonna say that i'm passing on my obsession even though i kind of clearly didn't but i would like to say Mm. um by way of wrapping life up that in the last week or two i have been really busting my ass to get this uh podcast rolling and so besides um being listed on anchor we are now also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Um, so basically, anywhere that you listen to a podcast, you should be able to find Inside Jamari Fox. Um, we are making moves. Say power in numbers. Yes. And so I really appreciate people uh, listening to it and sharing it with their friends and uh, liking and subscribing and talking about it and all that stuff. Um, I would still, you know, gladly take your feedback through voice messages or email or whatever. So thank you guys for listening. And I don't know also, and I was going to tell you this, I don't know if this number is really correct, but I went on to our hosting platform and uh-huh. it says that we have had um, 3,000 plays. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't know this. <laughs> that was a live, that was a, a legit live reaction. <laughs> and so since we have, um, so now, and given that, like, two weeks ago, our podcast was only available on Anchor, and I realized that a lot of people don't have Anchor yeah, downloaded. They were, not, they were not fucking with Anchor. Right, because it was, it, yeah, whatever. Anchor is our sponsor, so I'm not, like, saying that it's ba- anything bad about it. But yeah. other, like, there are other platforms that are, you know, people know about and whatever, um, that they don't have to download one more app. I get it. Um, so we were relatively unknown outside of our like friends and family and people from the uh ijf website community um so now we have expanded a little bit um 
so yeah, so we had um, our estimated audience size is over 700 people, which mm. is great um, for the last like week. So we're mm. getting our name out there and over 3000 plays. So there you go. So first of all, I have to say, I gotta give a big shout out to all of my friends, family, foxholers who have been tuning in, giving support, uh, saying that they loved hearing Cousin Hybrid's voice. They love karaoke's opinions. They love everything. I got to give a shout out to you guys because you guys have been with me on this journey for such a long time. And we're just getting better. We're just making moves. And you know what? There is when So the last conversation we were having just now about not getting support. I have to say that I'm blessed to have support from amazing folks who take me seriously. And sure, I would love support from a like a lot of folks, but my tribe supports me and I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm yes. grateful that you guys tune in and, you know, we're going to continue to just climb and just continue to get to the next level. And I got to also give a big shout out to Karaoke for all that she's doing. You know, I was Aww. very lost very lost before this and just like, well, what do we do next? What do we do next? <laughs> where where do I go next with the foxhole? And when the opportunity to do a podcast presented itself, like my spirit just said, just do it. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's, let's gang together with karaoke because that was the first person I even thought about doing it with. And here we are, you know? So I hope that this can take us to the next level and we'll continue to bring you guys amazing content. The Foxhole will continue to have amazing content. And, you know, all those who support me, I support you and I love you. I'll, I'm there for you always. Yes. Uh, but thank you so much. You guys are absolutely amazing. When she said 3,000, I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> because you know what it was when I went to Anchor? Anchor wasn't really even showing us that much. So I was like, oh, well. Yeah, and the I numbers have moving. been very, very low since it was just, like I said, it was just on Anchor. So I think that this is going to be episode four or something. Yeah. yeah. And so for the first three episodes um, or for the first two episodes, we really only had like Anchor available. Like you could click through to Anchor like from your website or whatever. Um, but there, there wasn't like a lot of different places where people could kind of find us and listen to us and if anybody ran into a snag with anger they would just be like well screw it i'm not gonna listen um yeah so really like we have seen a jump from like a hundred people listening to the episode to three thousand in like a week Woo! like a week two weeks something in that window now is this all because i put spotify and stitcher those links on my on my on the foxhole is it because of them too well yeah that's that's everybody so everybody um everybody who clicked no matter where you get to the podcast from it mm -hmm. eventually filters back to where we host on anchor so anchor's got all of the information from um from whoever listens on Spotify and Apple and whatever, um, they have all of those numbers. So all of those different sources are included in our, um, in our dashboard numbers. So, yeah. Uh, and I have links, I have links. So, so like all of those places that we are findable, I have links and I can send them to you if you want to put them on the blog, but yeah, we're available most everywhere. Um, 
Well, I, I feel like Apple and Spotify are like the two big ones. Yes. Yeah. So, and so, so we're there and I, um, I'm still, I have a couple more um, places where I'm trying to get hosted on like Pandora podcasts and just like even the little obscure podcast player. So I am trying to get it out there everywhere we can. And I still, um, because I love mess so much, I still really want to do a segment. Like if people will send us, um, email us or whatever, send us like a strawberry letter type of situation. So we can just give you bad advice. I would really bad advice. (laughs) Okay. It'll be advice to the best of our ability. Oh, listen, I always try to give, I always try to give my foxhole the best advice I can. So I just want people to just like send in like your real messy questions so we can talk about it. I've been sleeping with my college professor for grades and I just want to, I want to ask, should I keep doing it? Because his wife called me and was asking why my number is in his phone. Or I have been sleeping with my, my boyfriend's twin brother and now I'm pregnant and either way, the baby might come out looking like him. But should I tell my boyfriend? That, I mean, I'm saying I want I want the real, the good questions. I really we, want to know. We want the mess. <laughs> All the mess, please. I don't send us. Well, you know what? The foxhole has always been good for sending me like real legit, honest letters. Like send me real legit, honest letters. Those send me some nonsense that y'all made up because I would be like, wait, what? Yeah. The type of shit I see on um these other. These other Twitter questions, these other twi- Twitter sites that be asking, that be answering questions. I'm like, that doesn't even sound real. <laughs> sound. But then again, the internet has shown me that there's quite a lot of shit going on in the world. So it could just be. <laughs> yeah. It could just be. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of news and a lot of mess in one space. So it's kind of like, that's happening? Oh, I guess that is happening. Um, Foxhole, thank you so much for listening. I'm so appreciative of you always. If you have any opinions, please, please, please send them to karaoke. It's IJF karaoke. I'm IJF karaoke at Gmail. Yes. Um, yeah. And what is the number if they want to send a live question? Oh, good Lord. Um, there's a link. It's in the show notes. It's, um, it's long. It's, okay, oh, well, no, it's, well, it's, it's anchor.fm slash inside Jamari Fox slash message. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot. So it's probably just easier to copy paste from your show notes. But that's what it is anyway. Pretty much. All right. Well, guys, uh, I'm glad that you were listening. Please check me out this week. Whatever mess I'm going to write about, including my own mess. Uh, tune into insidejamarifox.com. And yeah. I will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.